Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Brooke Prentice. I'm an Aboriginal Christian leader, a uh, Waka Waka woman, uh, and it's a privilege to be here with you this morning. Uh, thank you for having me along. Thank you to Peter for inviting me along um, to share in one of these services, which is one of 12 um, services that we've held all around the country. Uh, and we've had a service in every state and territory. So just to begin uh, this morning, I want to bring us an acknowledgement of country. Just before I bring that acknowledgement of country, I always think it's important to sort of explain uh, from my own personal point of view what acknowledgement of country means to me. And so uh, whenever an acknowledgement of country is done, and it can be done by any person, anywhere, even personally for me when I'm traveling and as the plane comes into land um, or the train comes into its station, uh, I'll personally acknowledge the traditional custodians of that area and try and find out who they are um, and just uh, say the acknowledgement in my own head and own words. I guess another thing from a Christian point of view for me that an acknowledgement of country is about um, is for me, it's a prayer of thanksgiving to God for having placed Aboriginal peoples in this land over 60,000 years ago. Uh, and that our role that God gave us was as caretakers, custodians and stewards of his almighty creation. And so I, I think that's a wonderful thing that we need to celebrate. And also acknowledgement of country, uh, you know, we have over 300 nations of Aboriginal peoples. Uh, and we are the world's oldest living culture. And that's something really special for this land that we now call Australia. And I often say that we are a gift to this nation and this land, and we are a gift to the world, but we're just still waiting for that gift to be fully embraced. One more thing I say about acknowledgement of country is that it's more than just about the words. It's about heart and mind coming together through a genuine want and act of building relationship with Aboriginal peoples. And so uh, you'll hear set words and there's some key things that you say in an acknowledgement of country. But when your heart and mind connect together through that genuine want of building relationship with Aboriginal peoples, and I think Jesus helps to open our hearts um, to what acknowledgement of country means. Let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet and gather, on which we acknowledge, lament and pray the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin nations. They have been and continue to be stewards on behalf of our almighty creator, and we pay our respects to their elders and leaders, past, present, and future. My name is Peter Caroline. I'm uh, the minister of this congregation, and thank you um, for all of those who are visiting today. Um, and thank you to Brooke. We're really excited to have you um, uh, come back. That, uh, when Brooke came last year, it was a, um, a very significant service for us and um, so many people um, were moved and challenged and excited by what you presented. Um, all of what we're doing today um, in the service uh, was, is, is uh, written by Brooke and the Common Grace team. And I was excited that um, even the songs are chosen, and you were saying these are songs that are popular, that Auntie Jean chose, didn't she? And they're songs that are popular amongst Aboriginal Christians in Australia. And I was excited that three of the four are songs that we sing already. So um, uh, as we sing, I want you to, to think about and to, and, to, and to try and connect with, in your mind, um, the Aboriginal community of Australia and um, our brothers and sisters 
um, who, who, are, who are lamenting at this time. Let's stand, and I'm going to read this prayer out. Creator Spirit, Lord God, Papa Jesus, we come to kneel at the foot of the cross and pray. You are the creator of this land and of all good things. In this time of acknowledgement, lament and prayer. May our ears be open to listening. May our minds be open to learning. May our hearts be open to loving, just as you love us.
Please be seated. So I just wanted to give a bit of background about these services. I said a little bit um, there at the beginning. But these services have come about through the vision of Auntie Jean Phillips, uh, who's one of our great Aboriginal Christian leaders. And a few years ago, uh, she held a service in Brisbane where about 30 people gathered. And uh, the reason she put on those services is because our Christian friends uh, who had been challenged by what the 26th of January meant to this nation uh, needed a way, a Christian response, to be able to reflect on the 26th of January. Since that time and that service in Brisbane, last year the Brisbane service had over 200 people attend, uh, and this year three services were held in Brisbane. And uh, what ended up happening this year, uh, through Auntie Jean's vision and with the support of Common Grace, uh, a Christian organisation which is about Jesus and justice, of which I'm the Aboriginal spokesperson, and I also acknowledge um, Scott Sanders, our CEO, who's come along today as well. Uh, and so with Common Grace's support, we've been able to um, help to uh, prepare the materials and organise 12 services all across the country. And so this is the final service and um, yeah, it's a great thing to be a part of. And um, yeah, if you don't know who Common Grace is, uh, please go and check out our website. Uh, one of the other things that's been pretty special about what Common Grace has done for the January 26th uh, is all of the materials we've been able to bring together. So most of the stuff that you see in the service today is all now on our website. Uh, and I've been looking for a place for a long time, a Christian place uh, where Christians could go and find all of these resources. And we now have one through Common Grace. So it's a pretty special organisation to me. So as we think about January 26th, and this is the only service that's post January 26th, but it's still relevant uh, that we take this time on the Sunday, the side of the 26th of January, to think about what this actually means for our nation. And so this part of the service is where I just uh, go through some of the key highlights of the history of the 26th of January. Unfortunately, most timelines in this nation start at 1788, but for those of us who are Aboriginal peoples and our non-Aboriginal friends who are coming on the journey with us, we know that the timeline of this land that we now call Australia goes way back past 1788 and goes back over 6,000 or 60,000 years. Um, some say even to over 100,000 years. And so we acknowledge that the 26th of January has been in our history for a long, long time. We acknowledge over 300 nations of Aboriginal peoples with over 600 dialects of language. And this year with our NAIDOC theme, um, our NAIDOC theme for 2017, which is our celebration week in July, is that our languages matter. And the reason they matter is because they help to represent those over 300 nations of Aboriginal peoples. We then, of course, do have to jump to the 26th of January, 1788, and when uh, Captain Arthur Phillip raised the Union Jack at Sydney Cove. And so for us as Aboriginal peoples, it symbolises uh, the beginning of dispossession, destruction and death. And we can't ignore those facts. And when you know the true history of this nation and what that point in time symbolises, you can't ignore those facts. Then next in the, your order of service, uh, you've got a timeline of the history of the 26th of January. You can get this timeline from the Australia Day uh, Council website. Uh, so these are facts, not ones that I've made up, which some people probably claim that I have. 
But we think about 1804, when the 26th of January was known as First Landing Day or Foundation Day in the Sydney Gazette. And throughout the history of the January 26th, it's traditionally been a New South Wales holiday. Uh, and I'll get to what happened in 1994 shortly. Uh, one of the ones that isn't on here is in 1838, on the 26th of January, was actually one of um, our worst massacres, uh, called the Waterloo Creek Massacre, or later called the Australia Day Massacre. And that was happened to the Camilleroy peoples, uh, where the official account estimates that 40 to 70 Camilleroy peoples were wiped out. There was a Christian man who was around that region at the time and said it was at least 120 peoples were massacred. And so even the 26th of January um, for the Camilleroy peoples is extremely upsetting. We go to 1938 when Aboriginal leaders gathered and it was the first official use of the 26th of January being called a day of mourning. Um, and what the Aboriginal leaders were protesting was our lack of equal citizenship rights. And we need to remember it would take another 30 years before our citizenship rights were gained, which happened in 1962. Then in 1967, the successful referendum to include Aboriginal people to count us as peoples in the census. We then jumped to 1988, uh, and it was the first official use by Aboriginal people of calling the 26th of January Invasion Day. 1992 was the first official use of Aboriginal people of Survival Day, celebrating our survival of over 60,000 years. And one of the things I often say about that is, uh, when you understand the true history of our country, it is a miracle that Aboriginal people survived. And uh, for me, that's God's miracle. It's God's miracle he placed us here as his custodians, and it's God's miracle that we still survive today. And for um, Australian society, what we must grapple with, and particularly as Christians, is that we were placed here for a purpose, and we've survived for a purpose. And so my heart is to embrace Aboriginal Christian leadership uh, which we're still very much waiting for the church to fully embrace. We then go to 1994, and it was only in 1994 that the 26th of January was set aside as a national public holiday and celebrated by every state and territory. It's a little known fact, but very important when we enter these discussions about the 26th of January. In 1995, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flags became national flags of this country. So national flags, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander with the Australian flag. Um, I was in Adelaide uh, and watched the Australia Day Parade. I was standing with my Aboriginal brothers and sisters um, this year. And, uh, you know, the fact that these are national flags but aren't represented in the Australia Day Parade was very challenging for me. Uh, because even showing these flags is a, is a help to healing in this nation. These flags are a sign of welcome for us. They're not a political statement, and they're national flags of Australia. And then I also acknowledge that 2006 uh, was the first official use of Aboriginal people of the 26th of January being Aboriginal Sovereignty Day. And you've got some other pictures in this book. So I guess one of the important things to remember as we've reflected on this timeline is that history affects the present. And today's issues should be understood through a historical framework of Australia's history. 
both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal. And as Auntie Jean Phillips often says, your history is our history, our history is your history. And it's time that we come together to really tell the truth about our history and to embrace all of that net, all that that means and how it affects our present. Um, now I'd like to read Aboriginal Psalm 23, uh, which was written by Uncle Reverend Ron Williams. My big fella boss up in the sky is like the Father Emu. He will always look after me and take me to green grass and lead me to where the water holes are full and fresh all the time. He leads me away from the thick scrub and helps me keep safe from the hunters, dingoes and eagles. At night time, when I'm very lonely and sad, I will not be afraid, for my father covers me with his feathers like a father emu. His spear and shield will always protect me. My big fella boss always gives me a good feed in the middle of my enemies. In hot times, he makes me sit down in a cool shade and rest. He gives me plenty of love and care all of my life through. Then I will live with my big fella boss like a father emu that cares for his chicks in good country, full of peace and safety forevermore and evermore. Uh, the next section is a prayer that I wrote a few years ago for the 26th of January. And I wrote the prayer as a way that churches could engage uh, with the 26th of January. Uh, and my hope was that churches and Christians could just take a moment in that week to think about Aboriginal people in their community, to pause and to pray. And I guess this is what these services have been a culmination of as well. So this prayer can be used by any Christian in any church at... Um, particularly at this time. And so uh, I think the thing to remember is that church exists within community. And often when as Aboriginal people we talk about community, people think we're talking about the Aboriginal community. But in every suburb of Australia, there are Aboriginal peoples. Um, right here, there will be uh, Aboriginal peoples. And at this time, it's a time of grief and grievance and mourning and conflict means many different things to many different Aboriginal peoples. And so as a Christian community, each of us gathered here today, we need to acknowledge that there are members and they happen to be Aboriginal peoples in our community that are grieving and conflicted at this time. And so as Christians, my prayer and hope is that we can uh, stand with those uh, who are grieving and show compassion and love. And that's what this prayer was about. The language is a little bit funny uh, because I've written it for non-Aboriginal people to say and obviously as an Aboriginal person it's not in my language um, but uh, it's in a language that hopefully will mean something to you. So let's pray. We come before you today as a Christian community to pause and reflect with our Aboriginal brothers and sisters. We pause to take a moment to show compassion to Aboriginal people at this time of grief and grievance. Whilst not all of us will understand this, Lord, we ask that you help us to see, hear, and feel the struggles of our Aboriginal brothers and sisters. We pray for strength and healing at this time that brings forth feelings of loss. We recognise the loss of family, loss of land, and loss of freedom. We say sorry for the times we have wronged Aboriginal people, the times we have not treated them with dignity, 
the times we have not stood up to racism and the times we have not listened to their stories, their fight for justice and their cry for compassion. Dear Lord, we pray for a way that we can celebrate together, but not as one unified group, but as a group that celebrates our diversity and our individuality. A way that encompasses all cultures and celebrates and commemorates our path, our past, both the good and the bad. Dear Lord, we know that you are all seeing and all knowing. We know you have seen all that has gone on in this land since time began. We pray that you help all Australians to see as you have seen through all the pages of our history and our present and our future yet to come. Dear Lord, we thank you for placing Aboriginal peoples here in this land. We thank you for their care and stewardship of your great creation for thousands of years. We thank you for their survival against many odds. Dear Lord, may we learn to respect, appreciate and acknowledge the oldest living culture in the world. Lord, we ask all these things in your almighty name. Amen. As we stand and sing this song, I invite all those who are um, uh, new here, anyone who's got kids, um, our children's uh, program starts now. And um, it's just up the stairs um, into the library up the back here. Um, so let's stand and sing what a friend we have in Jesus.
We now enter a time in the service uh, where we reflect on the statistics of disadvantage facing Aboriginal peoples in 2017. I guess as we reflect on these statistics, it's important to remember that behind each of these statistics are Aboriginal people. For us as the Aboriginal community, they have faces and names and heartbeats. They're our friends and our family. And this is the reality of the Australia that we live in in 2017. I guess one of the hopes of sharing these statistics with you is that if we are to enter friendship with one another between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal peoples, and friendship is my word for reconciliation. I think if we called it friendship, uh, we could be a lot closer to reconciliation is that uh, when we reflect on these and we share these, it helps to lift the burden that we carry. So many Aboriginal Christian leaders are called to community to deal with the reality of these statistics each and every day. And so whilst we do the work that we are called to do, if you can help us to help to alleviate and to understand the reality of Australia in 2017, it would go a long way in helping us to gain friendship. <laughs> I'm not going to read through each of these statistics, I'm just going to highlight a few and you have them there to go and research and to look up yourself. So we think about life expectancy. We die too young and too often in this country and we have some of the worst life expectancy of any Indigenous peoples around the world. Aboriginal babies uh, die at more than twice the rates of other Australian babies. We have so many health issues. We think about the high rates of diabetes. When I personally reflect on that statistic, every single person on my Aboriginal side, except myself, has had diabetes. Aboriginal people uh, die, are six times more likely to die from diabetes than other Australians. Our high rates of kidney disease, uh, blindness, six times more common for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander adults than for other Australian adults. We think of our high rates of post-traumatic stress disorder and now that we're starting to talk about it as trauma, my hope is that we can start to heal better. The reality for Aboriginal peoples is that they will suffer um, at least five major traumas in their lifetime and often that first trauma is experienced before the age of 10 years old. Uh, there's some statistics here from changetherecord.org, uh, which is a great uh, website. Uh, we think about deaths in custody, and uh, deaths in custody is one of our biggest justice issues. Uh, my friend Latoya, uh, her brother, uh, Wayne Feller Morrison, was our most recent Aboriginal death in custody in South Australia. And to stand with her as she tries to fight for truth and for justice, uh, he was not even charged with a conviction but was sent to a maximum security prison awaiting sentencing and um, uh, they won't release the CCTV footage yet. We also think of Miss Dew in WA where her family fought for so many years to have that CCTV footage released and it's one of the most haunting things of 2016 for me to watch Miss Dew's footage and whilst it's confronting, uh, if you can please watch it if you haven't so that you can understand the reality and our fight for justice. Uh, our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men are twice as likely to be in prison than in university. Uh, Indigenous women are 35 times uh, more likely to be hospitalised for family violence. 
a key thing to think about that statistic, and there are some other Aboriginal leaders um, talking about that statistic, but in a helpful way for their community, but not a helpful way for all of our communities. The important thing to remember is that domestic violence doesn't discriminate. And so for me, from who lives in an urban Aboriginal context, I know more non-Aboriginal men committing domestic violence against Aboriginal women than I actually know Aboriginal men. So please, when you see that statistic, don't think it's always Aboriginal men against Aboriginal women. Domestic violence does not discriminate. Juvenile detention, where 25, 20, uh, young people are 24 times more likely to be in detention. In Queensland, uh, in our youth detention centres, um, whilst Aboriginal young people only make up 5% of the youth population, 66% of young people in detention centre in Queensland are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. And there's some other statistics as well there. Uh, we're now going to have a Bible reading from Amos. Amos 5, 11-15 You abuse the poor and demand heavy taxes from them. You have built expensive homes, but you won't enjoy them. You have planted vineyards, but you will get no wine. I am the Lord, and I know your terrible sins. You cheat honest people and take bribes. You rob the poor of justice. Times are so evil that anyone with good sense will keep quiet. If you really want to live, you must stop doing wrong and start doing right. I, the Lord God, all-powerful, will then be on your side, just as you claim I am. Choose good instead of evil. See that justice is done. Maybe I, the Lord, all-powerful, will be kind to what's left of your people. I, the Lord, hate and despise your religious celebrations and your times of worship. I won't accept your offerings or animal sacrifices, not even your very best. No more of your noisy songs. I won't listen when you play your harps. But let justice and fairness flow like a river that never runs dry. Please, please join me in um, prayer together for healing. Um, you'll see in your booklet, I'll read a part and then we'll, um, we'll say together, Lord, hear our prayer. A prayer for the journey of healing. Almighty and loving God, you who created all people in your image, lead us to seek your compassion as we listen to the stories of our past. Lord, hear our prayer. You gave your only son, Jesus, who died and rose again so that sins will be forgiven. We place before you the pain and the anguish of dispossession of land, language, law, culture, and family kinship that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples have experienced. We live in faith that all people will rise from the depths of despair and hopelessness. 
Lord, hear our prayer. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander families have endured the pain and the loss of loved ones through the separation of children from their families. We are sorry and we ask God's forgiveness. Touch the hearts of the broken, the homeless and afflicted, and heal their spirits. In your mercy and compassion, walk with us as we continue our journey of healing to create a future that is just and equitable. Lord, you are our hope. We're now going to enter a time of, it's sort of a time, of silent reflection and personal prayer. Uh, one of the things that I created was a list of injustices. What I found when I tried to educate Christians about uh, the injustices facing Aboriginal people is sometimes um, non-Aboriginal people would be too overwhelmed because there was too much to try and get your head around. And so I made myself sit down and write down all of the injustices, and that's what this part of the service is about. So as you enter your own time of personal reflection and prayer, I'm going to read out these injustices. And yes, the list is numerous, uh, and it can be overwhelming. But as Aboriginal peoples, and particularly Aboriginal Christians, we can't afford to, for you to be overwhelmed. Uh, we uh, very much invite you on the journey to understand more, to listen more, and to stand with us on these issues. And so, uh, straight after I finished that list, which ends with the new stolen generation, um, Libby is going to uh, do a painting for us during this time uh, that will help to uh, maybe process for some of you uh, what this means and where God might be calling to you uh, about these injustices. So let's uh, pray. Invasion. Dispossession. Stolen land. Stolen wages. Stolen generations. Lack of treaty. Slavery. Massacres. 
genocide. Loss of language. Lack of return of ancestral remains. Lack of protection of sacred sites. Life expectancy gaps. Poverty. High rates of prison incarceration. High rates of juvenile detention. Denied access to medical attention whilst in custody. The Northern Territory intervention. Paperless arrest laws. Racism. Forced removal from homelands. Proposed nuclear waste dumps without consultation. Lack of recognition of the frontier wars. Aboriginal deaths in custody. The new stolen generation. Two Chronicles 714. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. This is the word of the Lord.
Let's share in the peace together as a community, sharing God's love and grace with each other. Look at the bottom of page 17. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's greet each other with a peace. Take a seat. Just having our notices now, very brief. Um, yeah, the year I guess is kicking kicking in now as uh, school starts uh, this week and um, some kind of normality sets in. So that means our community groups should be starting up in the next few weeks. Um, you'll see on the back page, on page 20, a list of community groups. 
that we have um, that meet in the um, most of the, uh, some of them meet in the during the week in the evening, um, and some meet on Sunday afternoons. Um, and so, if you're interested to join one, um, then come and talk to me at the end of the service. Um, also, we're starting or we're continuing our John series next week. Uh, Scott got us going last week, and then we're going to go really slowly. You'll see there. Um, into 14, up to Easter, basically, and that'll be a thing that we do each year. We'll return to the Gospel of John and just look bits and pieces. So I'm excited about that. Um, Tom Hodson, put your hands together for the treasurer of our church, Tom Hodson. Uh, this is for regulars. If you are a parent of kids that go to um, Sunday Club on a regular basis, it's really important that you head up after church and have a quick chat with Beck Miller about what's happening this year with the um, kids' stuff on Sunday and what you need to know uh, about this year. So this Sunday or next Sunday, make sure you head up after church and have a chat with Beck. Thanks. So we're coming towards the end of the service and just wanted to take uh, this moment to really think about, uh, after leaving this service, how people can respond. And so uh, Aboriginal Christian leadership and ministry is so um, under-resourced by the churches and it feels like we beg most of the time. So really understanding who the Aboriginal Christian leaders are and what our ministries are um, is something that you could do. Uh, you can go to the Common Grace slash Jan 26 website and there's a number of resources there. Uh, there's a thing, another thing I'm involved in called the Grass Tree Gathering and we have a, a website uh, where we're trying to bring together about 100 Aboriginal Christian leaders. Uh, it was Arnie Jean's vision to bring together the next generation and we're hoping to have our next gathering in September this year in Sydney but there's a lot of work that has to go into that so find out more about the Grass Tree Gathering. But also, just on an individual level, one of the things that you can do is to share with your own friends, family, workmates. Uh, share what you've done at this service, what you've been a part of. Um, share Aboriginal Christian leaders' voices. Um, just have a conversation so that we can start to break down the barriers, uh, start to break down the myths that exist, and start to break down the racism that's in this country. One way that you could learn more is just by watching uh, the SBS series First Australians and it's now on SBS Demand for free. Um, please go and watch, even if you just watch the first episode and help to get educated uh, about the true history of this country. Um, and continue to just talking a bit more about giving and um, the finances of our church. Um, we just can praise God that um, this week um, we were able to increase our missions giving to our three missions partners, uh, which are um, Rob Miller, who is part of our congregation, but also serves as um, the leader of the um, Melbourne University um, Christian Union Ministry. Um, also Lauren Moore, who's a missionary in Lourdes in France, and also um, Tears work with uh, the Dumba Project, which works amongst uh, Aboriginal people. Um, so we're able to increase our giving from $415 to $500 a month per missions, mission partner, which is exciting for them. I also um, just want to acknowledge, because it's the start of the year, um, to say thank you to all of, all of you who give as par um, financial partners with our church. You notice we don't pass a plate around in our church. We do have a, the letterbox up the back, um, and, um, but um, most, most people give 
through electronic um, uh, direct deposit. Um, if, if you um, want to consider doing that, please speak to me, or you could speak to Tom, who, who was just up here before with the cap, um, at the end of the service, and we can point you in the right direction. There's a form on our website as well if you want to download that. Um, but let's just say thank you to God for all those who are financial contributors um, and the money that's been given. Uh, Lord God, thank you for the money that has been given in this church to, to serve you. Um, and we, we lift that up before you and we pray that um, you use it for your glory. Amen. Uh, I'm going to bring a benediction to us shortly, uh, but I also wanted to share a poem with you. Um, but before I share that poem, I just wanted to thank uh, this congregation, Mary Creek Anglican, for having me here once again. Um, thank you very much to Peter and the musicians that always bless my heart when I'm here. Um, and just, uh, you know, it's so... I feel very much at home here um, since I shared with you in 2016 my impossible dream speech, and part of these services is what I see as my impossible dream. So you've helped encourage one Aboriginal Christian uh, to know that friendship can exist uh, in the Christian community. So please um, keep doing that. Please keep inviting me. I love being here, and just uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So this is a poem written by Stephen Oliver, and some of you might have seen his video of him doing it. Uh, he wrote it about Australia Day. Uh, it's called Hate, He Said. And basically the poem is a conversation that starts with a non-Aboriginal man and then in conversation with an Aboriginal person. And whilst it's not necessarily a Christian poem, as you get to the end, uh, you start to see where I think we can as Christians um, respond. And one of the things I shared in a sermon uh, in Sydney a couple of weeks ago was that we need to come together in love. And it's not an assimilated love where Aboriginal peoples have to come to Christians. It's for us as Christians to follow the radical call of Jesus uh, and to go to Aboriginal peoples where you will see and hear and feel immense love. Um, and it's about Christians going to us as Aboriginal peoples. But this is in the words of Stephen Oliver called Hate, He Said. Hate, he said, was in my heart. Hate, he said, drove us apart. Hate, he said, to let it go. Hate, he said. But he did not know that what I had inside of me was a sadness born of empathy. That because I did not celebrate, it did not mean I was full of hate. I asked him to just try and see through my eyes the tragedy of dispossession, of pain, of hurt, of the red of blood that stained this earth. I mourn for all the lives that were lost. I mourn for what this country cost. I mourn for how we came to be, for the end does not justify the means. It's in the past, he said, move on. Why mourn for something so long gone? I looked at him and came to say, do you think we should forget about Anzac Day? It's not the same, was his retort. I said, wait a minute, give it some thought. People died while fighting for their land, defending it from a foreign hand. Make no mistake, there was a war that had been fought on these very shores. A war that didn't always discriminate whether elderly or infants could meet the same fate as those who fought to protect them so, and that's why we should never let go. Never forget what price was paid for us to live as we do today. He looked at me quite seriously. 
said he celebrates because we're free. He celebrates our democracy and everything great in this country. I said, that's fine, I get that, it's clear. Just please don't forget how we got here. Just take a moment to think it through what price was paid for me and you to live in this country as we do. Don't take for granted the sacrifice, both of land and of life. We need to remember those who died, not let their legacy be swept aside. You got an apology, he said. It talked about loss and mentioned the dead. What more do you want, he asked of me. And so I replied in the hope he would see. We have a day for Australia, the Queen, for New Year's and Christmas and all those between, like Labor and Easter, the Anzac Parade, and just what exactly is Boxing Day? There's even a day we have for the shows, but nothing that speaks of my people's woes. A national day to acknowledge the cause, to acknowledge all that has happened before, and I don't mean NADOC, I mean something more, where the whole nation stops like it does for a horse. A day, is that too much to ask? To remind us, don't ignore the past. He processed my words and he looked at the ground. We both sat in silence and then there was a sound, a sound that seemed like heaven to me, a sound of two words that said, I agree. We talked some more as the day came to end and despite our differences, I'd made a new friend. He understood as the day came to night that I needed some things in this country made right. And because I did not celebrate, it did not mean I was full of hate. The words of Stephen Oliver. Um, if you'd like to stand as I bring us a benediction. Uh, Anne Green, could you come out the front with me? And Scott, could you come out the front? Um, so Scott, who's the CEO of Common Grace, and Anne Green, who's a very good friend of Auntie Jean Phillips and mine, and um, a non-Aboriginal person that has very much helped to lighten our burden and to share our load. And so um, seeing she's here in this service and with Scott as well, um, and the friendship I especially have with these two, um, I wanted them to come out and stand with me. As I give this benediction, if you'd like to hold hands, because it's important that we each support one another on this journey, if you're to take the journey into friendship with us as Aboriginal peoples and Christians. In the words of Aunty Betty Pike, may you always stand as tall as a tree, be as strong as the rock Uluru, as gentle and still as the morning mist, hold the warmth of the campfire in your hearts, and may the Creator Spirit, Lord God, Papa Jesus, always walk with you and walk with us. Amen. Amen.